You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are live on Birds 365. Happy Football Friday, everybody. We are the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. I will start by pimping my partner to begin the show today, uh, knowing he's not uh, great at the math thing. He's already told us that's not his thing. How many days till Eagles Falcons? John McMullen. Oh, boy, Jody. I don't even know what date it's on, so I'm really up against it. Yeah, I'm not looking ahead. That would be be September the 12th. September the 12th. Isn't it the 13th? So right off the bat, we're going to have a disagreement. I don't know. September. To, if it's September 12th, what's today? Today it's would be June 18th. 18th, right. So there's 30 days in June. That's 12. You got 31 in July. That's 43. And you got 12 on top of that. That's 55. I can do math. Except one problem. You forgot August. Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> I can't do that. There's 30 in August, so 85. You put me on the pressure. Yeah. I forgot about training camp because I'll actually be doing something. I'm thinking about vacation. 31 days in August, big time. Okay. There you go. In other words, I did the math for him. Just I had to ask. 86 days until the Eagles and the Falcons. It'll be here before you know it, John. Only 86 days. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not looking ahead. That's the one thing coaches tell you to do: control what you can control. I can't do math, and you're embarrassing me to start the show. And then, well, and then, I, I may have embarrassed you, but you kind of embarrassed yourself when you went from July to September. That's and, true, and left that's out true. the month of August. Well, August. August is boring. Come on, actually, June <laughs> is boring. The, the The point is, you hit me up with the. This is like one of those things you got to get uh, Russell Baxter on before. Yes, Russell's the best at this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care about the countdowns. I got to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I what day? What? How much? How much is it? How many days? Eighty-six. Eighty-six days. So we're Zach Ertz days away from. There you go. Point. That that's an absolute Russell Baxter nugget right there. He yeah. would know exactly what number matched up to how many days before the season gets underway. The only reason why I bring it up is. 
it does still seem so far away. I know the Eagles have been away. I'm from... the exact opposite. That's the problem. That's why I don't want to deal with it, Jody. It's too close. You think we're right on top of it? Yeah. No, we got days and days and weeks and months. Yeah, I got to put both July and August in because they man. both do count as months uh, prior to the actual start of the season. Yeah, it seems seems like a long way off. You yeah, and I, I have two different perspectives on that. Yeah, I don't have enough time. 86 days, That that's not enough for me. Oh, okay, just uh, double checking different ways of looking at it. Um, and yes, the Eagles have been out of uh, the group gatherings for a bit now, whereas other teams just finished up their summer work yesterday and now basically everybody goes to bed for a minimum of a month. Uh, we're not going to see or hear anything. Yes, I will come here on Birds 365 every day and go, and the Eagles signed who is their starting corner? Oh, they still haven't, huh? And we'll come on here and go, oh, Zachert's still a property of the Philadelphia Eagles? I guess that's a... Well, I, I don't think the needle moves on either of those teams probably till we get <clears> to <throat> these days before camp actually opens up. Or do we? Does Howie Roseman have something up? His, I don't think the Zach Ertz thing is going to happen this week, next week, the week after. It's probably not going to happen until camp opens up. But there is because a leverage thing starts to factor into it. And I guess there's a leverage thing in bringing in other, another cornerback because, yes, I think you uh, – well, you deal with these guys. You've been in camps. Uh, you've talked to guys who have just signed and waited through a long offseason to do so. Guys start to get nervous. Teams start to get nervous when everybody actually shows up and you realize, oh, shoot, we're short on this positional need. Or, oh, shoot, I don't yeah. have a job. All these other guys are going to camp and I'm still sitting home with the, with the wife and her girlfriend. She's staring at me like, are you going to work? Are you going to make a paycheck this year? So, yes, leverage comes into it. Uh, when do you think this cornerback two thing is going to actually see some movement, Johnny Mac? Well, Howie mentioned August, but he continually makes that comparison with Ronald Darby. Look, I think when it comes to Stephen Nelson, that's the name everybody brings up. Clearly, you know, you have two camps. You have the agent trying to drive the, the nonsense that 17 teams are interested and everybody in the league wants the great Stephen Nelson. Whereas the Eagles are saying, you know what? Hey, if he wants to come here for a better and minimum deal or something of that nature, we'll take him and we'll give him an opportunity is probably the conversation they're having. It's saying there's not a lot of teams he could walk into and say, okay, you're the starting cornerback. There aren't a lot of teams around the NFL. He could probably get a job. Maybe there are 17 teams that will bring him in as a fourth corner on a one-year veteran deal or a fifth corner or something of that nature or even a third corner. But – you get my point. There aren't very many who are as bad off as the Philadelphia Eagles at the cornerback position that could say, we'll give you a starting job. We'll give you an opportunity to earn a lot of money on your next contract if you perform. Um, so I think that's the way they look at something like Steven Nelson or any other veteran. Uh, Bashan Breeland, we talked about, who ultimately signed, uh, I think, with the Vikings. But um, – you know, there was another name everybody looked at because he was on the Chiefs. And by definition, he, he was good enough to win a Super Bowl with. He was good enough to to go back to a second Super Bowl with. So 
you you could do some things. He's certainly no superstar, but he can play a little bit. So uh, they're going to hold the fort. They're not going to overpay these types of guys, which is fine. I, I don't have a problem with that, and I think they'll get something done. Zach Ertz is more interesting to me for this reason, Jody. They don't want him to show up. So when you talk about leverage and you talk about fines, they don't want him to show up. So the leverage is more, uh, you know, the Eagles got to get something done before July 27th, or then he's going to show up because he's under contract and he doesn't want to get fined. And what is every question? What's training camp going to be, Jody? What Every player, every coach, every question. What about Zach? What does Zach say? They don't want that with a rookie head coach. They don't want him here. They don't want him here. I compared to Evan Mathis a number of years ago with Chip Kelly, was having a contract difficulty. He was playing really well at the time, but was an aging player. Um, ultimately, they got rid of him before mini camp, mandatory mini camp that year. Why? They didn't want him showing up. They didn't want to show him up because all the questions and every player, and that, that's, that was going to engulf the whole mini camp. Zach Ertz showing up would engulf the whole training camp for a rookie head coach. You, they don't well, want him here. You're, you're, I, you could be right. Uh, you're not 100% right. We don't know for sure because at least the Eagles have put up, I would guess if you are right, a facade, a false front that they actually want him. The tight end coach said that he is staying in contact with Zach Ertz and they are uh, on a regularly talking basis. So at least they're putting up a front for well, when Zach shows up, we're going to welcome him in with open arms because we plan on being in 12 a lot this year. And he and Dallas Goddard are going to be a great one-two punch. They might be uh, fabricating. They might be lying through their teeth, as a matter of fact. But at least they're putting forth that facade of, no, 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 if Zach comes back, we're ready when Zach shows up. We know Zach didn't show up for any of these optional workouts, which was perfectly fine because that was his right because they were all optional workouts but when he comes back not if he comes back we're going to be perfectly fine you think that's all just poppycock huh oh man no i'm I'm, yeah it's all poppycock Uh, they don't want him here uh zach doesn't want to be here and you know from his standpoint it's even bigger uh he doesn't want to be here the organization knows they have to move on Howie Roseman, we've talked about it ad nauseum, playing this game of chicken, uh, waiting for an injury, waiting for a Sam Bradford-type situation. Look, I think there's a lot of problems. I just brought up one of them. We've also mentioned with different guests over the past number of weeks, you know, what signal does this show to your other veteran players or even younger players, guys who are thinkers, guys who, who, who worry about this type of stuff and say, well, if you can do this to Zach Ertz, I'm probably not going to be as successful uh, to this franchise as Zach Ertz. So if you feel like you can you can do him dirty, so to speak, why aren't you going to do me dirty? I think you have to put that into the equation as well. Howie Ro- Roseman has described it as playing the bad cop. I understand from a football perspective. You don't want to give him away. You want to get something in return. He's a, he's still a good player, I believe. I get that part of it. But at some point, we got to look at the market and say diminishing returns and say, you know what? we got to turn the page. It's not going to be here. Got to turn the page. Ooh, 
I'm going to sound like a an Eagles wonk here and just taking up the hometown team's side of the argument. But if the Eagles expect them to show up for camp, that they haven't been able to come up with a trade for Zach Kurtz by the time camp shows up, and then he shows up, are the Eagles really doing him dirty just by keeping him on the roster into camp? Uh, because Zach wants to redo his deal. And uh, do you think there's a team out there? Maybe this is best serves as a question rather than a statement. Is there a team out there that's going to just say, Zach, we've learned of what you've been asking the Eagles as far as the uh, contract negotiation goes. Damn, goodbye us, buddy. We'll give you exactly what you were asking the Eagles for. Come on in here and sign this new piece of paper. Did that have any chance of happening? No, I doubt it. I mean, but there's interesting. You know this, Jody. This has happened so many times across the league. So many times. I, I can't even tell you. And it makes no sense from a logic standpoint. You have a guy who has succeeded with any particular city. And like I said, you can find an example with all 32 teams. They're getting older. Maybe they came off an injury. Uh, they want to renegotiate the deal, the team, and the player says, no, I got a contract. I, I want my money, and, and they release them. Uh, and they end up taking less from another organization than they would have got from a renegotiated deal from their own organization where they built up all the goodwill, all that necessary. Look, I don't get it. It's just human nature. You feel with the team that you have performed for and have done a lot for, I think there's this sense of loyalty from the player perspective and they feel uh, hurt and they feel shunned and they just want to get out of it. And that's where I think Zach Ertz is. And by the way, I don't think, and I've said this pretty consistently, I don't think it has anything to do with this contract. I think it has to do with the playoff game against Seattle, and he feels disrespected after playing what through what he played through for the Philadelphia Eagles. If that is the case, and we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out for uh, Mr. Hertz, but working off your hypothetical that a player says, no, I will uh, honor my contract, I'll come in and play. Uh, you know I want to renegotiate, but if you're telling me that's not happening, so be it. Uh, I'm not renegotiating down to give you salary cap relief. I'm just going to keep my contract in place as it is. And he ends up getting cut, and he is forced to sign a contract somewhere else with someone else for less money than he would have for the renegotiated uh, number with his old team. Is that just bad business by his agent? That he can't, because, John, you and I know, and you've been covering the league for a long time. I've been covering it from the outside. You've been covering it from the inside. These agents and teams talk all the time. There is so much tampering that goes on in the National Football League. It's ridiculous. Teams talk about teams, players that are under contract to another team all the time. And they always couch it with, as Jody Mack does, hypothetically, yeah, right. We all know you're talking, you're just not being recorded, no. but you're on the record. So if an agent doesn't know that there isn't a deal out there for his player that is actually more than the negotiation that he's going through with his present team, is that just mispractice by the agent? Is that the player being... No, that's out- exact. Jody, that's the exact description I gave. It's not the agent. It's terrible business. 
You can only give the player advice. Advice. If, if your original team is giving you more money than what you would get if you were cut on a restructure, logic says, it's what I described, you take that deal. Unfortunately, human nature comes into it, as I explained. There is this loyalty factor. They feel they've done all this for the organization that they're playing for and that they should be shown more respect. It happens so much. It, it's unbelievable to me from the outside looking in. But we have no skin in the game. We have no skin in the game. If you're Zach Ertz, and again, I use him as the example, and you're playing with a lacerated kidney and a broken rib, and the doctors say you shouldn't play, you're going to play anyway because you want to get this team over the top. And then all of a sudden, on the back end of that, they say, you know what, Zach, we got Dallas Goddard. You're getting a little bit old. Uh, we're going to make you the backup tight end. Uh, we're not going to extend your contract, even though you're you're the second leading receiver in franchise history. And if you didn't get hurt last year, you'd be number one over a Hall of Famer now in Harold Carmichael. Um, and they say, we're not going to extend you. We're not going to do this. Um, now, in, in his particular case, it's not even about a restructure. He just wants out. He wants out of an organization that he feels dis disrespected. And yes, from a business standpoint, he's probably going to end up somewhere else with an extension for less money overall because, uh, you know, he's got one year left on his deal. Um, so, yeah, it happens all the time, Jody, all the time. But it's not the agent's fault. The, the agent, agents say, you got more money here? Go there. That's what agents do. Understood, and it is it be, it gets personal, is what you're basically saying, and I I think you're one hundred percent right on that. Um, let's take the personality out of it. Let's take the loyalty out of it. Let's just look at the player and what he can accomplish on the field this year. Whether it is here in Philadelphia or somewhere else, what kind of numbers do you think Zach's going to put up this year? What do you think he's got left in the tank? knowing that he's getting older and he has dealt with X amount of injuries, but at least we're supposed to believe that because he hasn't played football in a while that he's recovered from whatever injuries he was playing with last year. doesn't mean he can't re-injure himself, but what kind of you think uh, he is looking at as far as numbers and productions go this year, wherever he may suit up? Boy, that depends on so many things. I mean, it depends on the quarterback. Where is he going? The offense, is he going to be the backup tight end? Is he going to be the starting tight end? If he ends up in somewhere like like Buffalo, a lot of people have speculated that. They have a good quarterback. You know, <laughs> you can even go, is Josh Allen going to be vaccinated? Is he going to be out there every week? Is it going to be Mitchell Trubisky? Because that would make a big difference. Uh, so everything – but I, I think if he's healthy, he still can catch 65, 70 balls easily uh, as 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 a starting tight end in this league if he's going to get that opportunity. Ultimately, I think he's going to get that opportunity because wherever he goes, he's going to be better most likely than what they have at the position. So, you know, if it's Jacksonville, for instance, I don't think Tim Tebow's beating him out. No. Uh, they don't Jimmy, have any. He's not going to be taking catches off Zach Ertz down in Jacksonville. But again, you, you have to start talking about young quarterback, you know, how ready is Trevor Lawrence, how how good is the offense going to be. 
But I think if he's healthy, he's going to produce. He's still young enough to the point. You know, we act like Zach Ertz is 150. I mean, he's, he's what is he, 30? Just turned 31? I was going to say, I, didn't he turn 30? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's still got plenty left in the tank if he can stay healthy. You know, what would have been interesting, Jody, what would have been interesting if he does show up here and he does here play here week one, which is not going to happen. I would like to see it just just to blow up this whole competition nonsense because he's already been told if he comes back, if he plays, he's going to be the backup tight end to Dallas Goddard. Well, what happened to Mr. Competition? What if he beats out Dallas Goddard in training camp, Mr. Competition? Don't give me 35% of the snaps. If he's better, he's better. Well, we don't know who was going to actually win that competition, but the one thing we do know is any other well, competition. Well, he was told coach, he was going to win it. Excuse me? He was told who was going to win it. He was told uh, – Zach Ertz was told who the tight end, starting tight end on this team is going to be, and it's not Zach Ertz, whether really? it's here or not. Yes. You, you think they looked him in the eye and said, oh, yeah, yeah, despite the fact that you might be better, uh, we plan on starting. Well, I don't know if he's better either. But, yeah, and we'll talk to Ed about that. Ed knows okay, about that. Fair enough. But the one thing is for sure, there's no way he's beating uh, Mr. Elliott at ping pong. He he may be able to actually outperform Dallas Goddard on the field at tight end. But if we're talking about three-point shooting. Nobody can to... beat nobody could beat Jake Elliott at ping pong. Even Ed Kratz can't beat Jake Elliott at ping pong. Now, he might be able to beat him at a 33-yard field goal. Now, that he might be able to beat him at. Kick on goal score by McMullen. All right, the Mac and Mac guy, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, hanging with you, as John alluded to. We have our first guest in uh, the line waiting to jump aboard. We will punch up our buddy Ed Cratch from Sports Illustrated next here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark the dark but i once heard someone say but as i always say it's okay to be afraid as long as you face the fear and keep moving forward wherever you are in life count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years independence blue cross Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day as long as you can find it here's what we suggest Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. It is a football Friday here on Birds 365. Hopefully you have a good weekend, everybody. We're trying to help you get there with some good Eagles talk for the next hour plus. Yes, we'll get an assistance from our next guest. Um, you're really wearing the uh, Albany State hat today. A uh, little alumni, Great Dane support and love for my alma mater. All right, it's not quite as good as Xander, who puts on that Alabama gear. And, yeah, they got a pretty good football program. Uh, yeah, Albany doesn't quite match up there. Ed Kratz, what is your alma mater? Westchester University, oh, Golden Rams. Oh, boy. We're All both right. Golden Rams. Yeah. I, I also went to uh, University of Minnesota as well, though. So, uh, yeah, we're both Golden Rams. I went to uh, Wesley College first. There we go. Yeah. Wasn't uh, that uh, who, who went to West? Joe College? Callahan. Yes. Yeah, Joe. So you're, you're kidding me. I'm the only guy on this show who actually – Showed up at a university and stuck around until they gave me a piece of paper that said you did the job. No, I graduated from on with the rest of your I got, life. I got two, baby. I got two. Oh, you graduated from both? Yeah. Oh, I'm impressed. I wow. didn't know that. Me too. I'm always impressed with Ed, with Ed Kratz, though. Um, yeah. No, I graduated too. Corner. I just, you know, they just didn't get that cool hat like you got from Albany. Jody, when you graduated, a great. No, I didn't. I didn't get this when I graduated. I went. I got this uh, when I worked for WFN in New York. The Giants for several years trained in Albany and used the Great Danes facility just to get the hell out of New York City, get up to Albany. And every year I would go back, I'd get a little swag. They'd take care of me. They knew I was an alum, so I'd stop by with a hat or a t-shirt or uh, whatever I get my hands on. And I've always subscribed to the philosophy. Philosophy: If it's free, it's for me. So I got I got Everybody more Albany does. garb than I know. What yeah. To by do the with. way, you know Ed and I are. I'm not going to go over the top, but we're successful WCU grads. Why the hell aren't we getting free stuff from from Westchester, Ed? <laughs> I haven't been back on that campus in I several years. Um, maybe if we showed up more often, or actually put a check in the mail, that's and good contributed. Point. That's a good point. I've yeah. I've probably been there more recently than you guys got. Yeah, easily. 
Westchester. When they shut down the rat, the rat skeller bar, I was done. Westchester actually is a hotbed for AAU basketball. And my when my daughter was an AAU basketball yeah. player, it seemed like I was running over to Westchester every four or five weeks for some kind of tournament. So and and I looked for both your banners, and yeah. nowhere could I find the home of uh, Johnny Mac or Eddie Kratz. Sorry to say, yeah, boys, they've taken the banner stand. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for the statue. You know, I yeah. it's about the banner, but I'm holding out for the statue. You know, they had a great team uh, when I was there. The Bill Hess team. People might remember him uh, from the Eagles, trying out for the Eagles. Hess, um, did, did they make trucks after him? Uh, Ed yeah, didn't get the statue. Yeah. Did Hess get the truck at least? You know it. You know All right. it. Uh, so, let's talk about not, the Eagles. Enough WCU talk. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry for getting this train off this tracks. Uh, Ed Kratz. We were talking about Zach Ertz just before. We punched you up, and John is uh, more Howie Roseman-like here. When you got to play bad cop, Johnny Mac is your guy. He'll step up and get it done. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to see if there is any middle ground here for these. And I don't really believe it. I think John's 100 percent on uh, target, but I'm playing a little devil's advocate here. What is Ertz's value across the league? Now, there's value and there's value. When I say value, I don't mean what would somebody be willing to get up? That's what Howie, Howie Roseman's trying to figure out. What he can raggle out of some team in exchange for Zach Ertz. But just uh, forget about that for a second. What do you think he can accomplish in this upcoming year on the football field? Uh, John and I were just uh, trying to hit it off the top of our heads. As a matter of fact, he is one year younger than Travis Kelsey, almost to the day. Uh, Kelsey will actually turn uh, 32 before uh, our boy Zach Ertz turns 31. So it's not like he's an old man that he's got one foot in a football grave. Uh, he should still be ready, willing, and able to make plays next year on the field. What kind of statistical year do you think he's going to have this upcoming season? At? Well, I guess that would depend who he plays for. I um but, you know, I think Ertz can still be a 50-catch type of a receiver in an offense. <clears throat> um, and, again, depending on the on the, uh, on the the offense he's playing in, he's not going to catch 116 passes like he did a few years ago. But, um, you know, I still think he can be a, a threat on offense. He's still a very, very good route runner. Um, if You know, if you go back and watch his tape, I mean, that to me was one of the, the best – uh, trademarks of Zach Ertz is his ability to run routes and, um, you know, get open, uh, find a soft spot against the zone. He can beat man, uh, man uh, defenses. So, I, you know, I, I still think that he can run enough routes well enough to get open <clears throat> to become a threat in any offense and catch it. I would put the over-under, um, you know, probably about 50 catches Yardage wise, I think he still can get get up to around 500. So you know that would be my over under numbers, 50 and 500. And uh, you know I still would say he's a red zone target. So you probably want to see him maybe go to maybe four touchdowns. I would set that as the over under. And um, but it's not going to happen if he stays in Philadelphia. Uh, you know unless they're barring something unforeseen with Dallas Goddard <clears throat> perhaps getting injured and Zach is still on the team. I don't I don't think he will be. Um, and I think a team, whoever gets him, will probably try to make him a big part of their offense, and I think he can still get to those numbers. Yeah, I at 60, I think that's a good over under 50, Ed, because I think he's going to go to a team where 
whether it's Buffalo, Jacksonville, they need him. And if they need him, he's going to produce, not to the level of, of 116. And you have to worry about the health as well. But I do want to bring up the the out-of-left-field possibility that he shows up on July 27th. Because how he wants to play this game of chicken, how he wants to get this value. But I don't think they want him here on July 27th. And, you know, you have this ramp up here. So whenever on-field stuff begins. Let's face it, Ed, if he's here, what's going to engulf training camp? Everybody's going to be asked about Zach Ertz. Everybody, not just Zach Ertz, um, all the people involved, all the coaches. Why would the Eagles want that? Do they have to pull the trigger before the start of training camp? Well, I mean, I, listen, I don't think they're ready to part with a, who what they believe is still a very good player. I, I, I'm not sure. I, obviously, there would be a lot of distraction with Zach Ertz in the early days of camp. Um, but that would blow over. You know, that would eventually go away, and it would just kind of be business as usual. Um, it's not like he's Tim Tebow, you know, with the you know constant questions about Tim Tebow and how he's doing. I mean, <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody kind of knows uh, who Zach er- Ertz is and what he is. And, um, you know, I think there would be a few days after we get Zach and we'd ask questions about him with the coaches. But I, I think that would all blow over. Um, so I-, I think the Eagles would – would take him back if he were happy to come back. And that's the issue is that I'd be surprised if he actually reported, uh, you know, on the first day of training camp, whenever that is, uh, you know, I know, you know, Ertz has always been the quote, the good soldier unquote, uh, as far as the organization goes, he's a really good guy and off the field. Uh, so that would be really interesting to see if he showed up. I don't, I don't think he would. I mean, he's been pretty good so far without coming out and, uh, requesting any trade or saying I'm I'm not going to show up for OTAs. He never came out and said that, even though the Eagles have told him that, you know, he is not going to be a, a focal point of this offense. You know, he'll get on the field, uh, but his playing time will be severely diminished because they want to play a lot of 11 personnel with the three receivers. Uh, and Dallas Goddard is going to be the number one tight end, whether Zach Ertz is here or not. Yeah. So he won't get that, that same number of reps. That's and, what, Ed, that's what I told Jody. That's yeah. what Zach has been told. And that leads me down to my follow-up. Sorry, jumping in, Jody. Um, Mr. Competition, Ed, what what are you telling me <laughs> in June that Dallas got – look, I think Dallas Goddard is a great tight end. I agree with him. I think he's going to be a star in this league. I think it's time to move on. I think they're right. I want to put more speed on the field. I want to play less two tight ends. So I think they're right. But at the same time, if you're going to blow, blow smoke up my you-know-what, and you're saying this is about competition, how can you tell Zach Ertz he's going to be the second tight end in June if he comes in? How was how that match up? Mr. Competition, Nick Sirianni, I, I assume that's his nickname now, uh, Mr. That Competition. That's, yeah, because it's full of crap. I've been well, saying I, it for months. I told it's Mr. Rock, Paper, Scissors, but that's – Yeah, it could, be, competition. could be – Nobody's competing. Brandon Graham's not competing. Fletcher, it's stunning, and you know, Ed, I did this over the past couple of days at Sports Illustrated. I did these competition updates. There are legitimate competitions at left tackle, you know uh, – Running back, backup running back, cornerback, even linebacker two I threw in there, where the vast majority of positions on this team for the five offensive linemen 
uh, the starting running back, the starting quarterback, two wide receivers, the defensive line. There's no competition. None. Zero. We know who's going to be out there, barring injury. And we could say the same at tight end. I mean, you said it yourself. Goddard's going to be a star. He's 26 years old. Um, you know, there's there's no competition at that spot either, just as there isn't with Miles Sanders and Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox. I mean, these guys are going to be your starters. So, you know, Nick likes to talk about competition and he likes to uh, make that his mantra. And I and I get it. You know, you want guys that are second team to feel like, yeah, we have a shot a shot uh, at competing to start. Um, but, you know, Goddard's the guy going forward. And, you know, what's interesting about Dallas is this is the last year of his deal. Um, he alluded to the fact that there are some negotiations that are going on uh, in getting him re-signed to a longer-term deal. And, you know, I, I've i kind of been trying to do a little digging on that the last couple days. And um, I think there's a good chance that Dallas Goddard could be signed at some point during training camp uh, to a longer-term extension. I think once this Zach Ertz thing gets settled, uh, they have a little bit more money, and I think they'll look to uh, redo Dallas's contract or add more years to Dallas's contract at some point during training camp. That's going to be a, a real storyline, I think, to watch once uh, training camp hits. Um, I think that deal will get done. I uh, got a Goddard and an Ertz question. First, uh, Ertz more than Ertz point. Here's where I did one of the things I disagree with John with. I, I do think there's a possibility that Zach Ertz, that nothing will get done until after camp opens up. And I do think there's a chance that he's going to show up because, yeah, I think that it's the COVID rules that we're still playing by. You guys are playing by. I'm not playing by because I'm not going to camp every day. You guys are going to have to show up every single day. You, you're going to ask people via Zoom. I say, yeah, how about Ertz? Why is Ertz there? Why is Ertz there? okay and see you later guys and they'll shut the zoom off you don't have the access to the players to ask them questions on top of questions you don't have the access to the assistant coaches go and how uncomfortable is it with Zach Ertz out there so I think the Eagles will believe that they can ride that storm and get through it and wait for a Sam Bradford type situation where a guy goes down but that's just an opinion here's my question for you both Ed and John let's say they don't get a uh, Goddard extension done I think Ed's probably right. Once Ertz gets done, frees up some money, makes a Goddard negotiation more feasible. But if they don't, is he a guy who's worth putting a qualifying offer on, a franchise tag? Is he a top five tight end in football? Or would that be just a, well, we can't afford to lose him, so we got to at least throw the tag on him type play? How do they handle it if they don't get an extension done? Well, that, that's pretty far down the road. I mean, I would think that, you know, he still has the one year. Uh, we have to see what kind of season uh, he has before we even talk about that situation. But, you know, the Eagles really don't use that tag that often. You know, I can't remember the last time they used it. I'm sure maybe John can, but I, I can't recall it's, the last. I, I think it was Michael Vick. Am I not mistaken okay. there? I think Vick was the last time they used the franchise tag. Yeah, well, the Eagles are famous for identifying players and getting them done early. For uh, And usually it's a smart thing because if Dallas Goddard bets on himself, he's going to be the highest paid tight end in football uh, next season, coming off this season, if he's healthy. And that's not about saying he's the best tight end, but we all know how contracts in this league work. It's about timing and circumstance. 
And people assume he's going to be a top 10 tight end if he plays. I assume that if he bets on himself, he will be the highest paid tight end in football. The Eagles are trying to avoid that, get a more team-friendly deal, as Ed says, early. And I ultimately, they usually get it done. I agree with Ed. It'll probably happen sometime in training camp. That's yeah. from my philosophy. Yeah, I, I don't think they – I mean, listen, he could go out and catch 100 passes <clears throat> this year, uh, and then, yeah, maybe the Eagles do put the tag on him if they can't get something done. But I, I think they will. And even when we talked to uh, Dallas on uh, the, the Zoom call, I asked him, I said, you know, if would you prefer to sign now for the comfort going into, you know, your final season, or would you prefer to wait? And he, he seemed to indicate that he wants to get signed. He wants to stay in Philadelphia. Um, so – to me, that kind of indicates that, yeah, he'll sign. He'll take that team-friendly deal for the, you know, for the uh, security of having a contract should something happen injury-wise. I mean, last year we saw, um, you know, he, he had the ankle injury. I was told it was a broken ankle, and he, gave, uh, he missed five games. So you don't know what, you know, what that injury situation could happen with a player. So I think he'd be inclined to get that security and sign that deal, and that's why I think a big reason why I think something gets done uh, much sooner rather than later. And to your point, Jody, Zach will show up for one reason if he's not traded. Training camp fines per day are now $40,000 if you're under contract, and they cannot be forgiven right. under the new CBA. So he's got to show up. Uh, the, the rules uh, uh, preclude him from so-called holding out. But Ed – I want to shift gears to Jalen Hurts because you did a story at Sports Illustrated, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. You can read all of our uh, coverage of the team there about Jalen Hurts. And and you talked to Brian Baldinger about uh, uh, Jalen recently. And here's the one quote, the money quote to me. He's got four starts to his name and he's as green as they come. <laughs> I mean – as we get closer to this training camp, and I keep hearing high-profile people around this league chiming in at the quarterback position, Chris Sims is, you know, enemy number one in Philadelphia because he didn't even put Jalen Hurts in his top 40. Um, man, what are the Eagles doing here? Just handing the keys. And, you know, Nick Seriati has not named him the starter, but he is the starter. He's as green as they come. Do you agree with that, Ed Kratz? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I do. I mean, four starts is, you know, he's still kind of feeling his way through the NFL. And that, he got thrown into a situation last year where all, all hope was pretty much lost for this team. I mean, this was a team that was already spiraling down the drain. And, you know, he's thrown in there to come on, save us, do something. And it was just wasn't a very good situation. It's a pretty toxic situation, you know, having Carson Wentz there, uh, you know, looking over his shoulder. I mean, it really was a tough, tough situation for Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, to be put in. Um, and yet, you know, he did the best he could. He, he showed flashes. He had the six touchdown passes. He ran for three more. I mean, listen, and, and I also allude in that story that, you know, if you project his numbers over 
17 games. I mean, he could be the first 4,000-yard passing, 1,000-yard rushing quarterback in NFL history. I mean, that's the kind of numbers he put up last year. Uh, yeah, you could say, all right, 52% completion percentage, that stinks, and that's green. Um, but you got to improve on that. But, I, you know, I think the Eagles want to find out about him. You know, I don't think they're crazy for handing him the keys to this offense. I think, you know, with Nick Sirianni having worked with Jacoby Brissett as a starter, uh, you know, Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers. I mean, why not? Let, let's see what Sirianni can uh, scheme up with Jalen Hurts, our second-round pick, a guy that really uh, we showed a lot of faith in taking that high and risking losing our starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, which they did. Um, so, yeah, I think that they want to find out what he can do, and he's going to be evaluated. Uh, and this is a team and this is a quarterback that has to keep showing improvement uh, each week, you know, he might hit a bump in the road and have a bad game, but then he has to rebound and he has to find a level of consistency, which makes the Eagles feel comfortable that, yeah, he's going to be our guy going forward. And you mentioned the prorated numbers. If you pushed out last year's four starts to a full season, 4,000 yards and a thousand yard rushing first time ever. <clears throat> It brings up a comparison that we made yesterday here on the show. We had Vinny Serrato on, the former uh, general manager of the Washington football team, now doing uh, sports talk in Baltimore, sees Lamar Jackson all the time. And I wanted to make the comparison between Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts has actually got a better arm than Lamar Jackson. Uh, can he be even more accurate than Lamar Jackson? You would hope so. I don't think he's ever going to be the runner that Lamar is, but he might be the second best running quarterback in the National Football League. If I told you that Lamar Jackson is what the Eagles are targeting out of Jalen Hurts, any chance that that happens that he could be Lamar Jackson too? Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's a good chance. And Lamar Jackson was one of those quarterbacks that was closest to getting that 4,000-yard passing, 1,000-yard rushing season. He had over 1,000 yards running in 2019, I think it was, but he only had, I think, 3,200 yards passing. Um, so, yeah, but I think that's kind of the, the template, really, with Jalen Hurts is Jamal Jackson. Um, you know, even, you know, I don't want to say Robert Griffin III because I, I think Hertz has a better arm than Griffin. I, I think the Eagles are going to use his legs, and, and Kevin Petullo, the pass game coordinator, alluded to that, that when you have someone with those kinds of legs, that does add a wrinkle to the offense, obviously. But I think his arm is better than Jamal, like you said, uh, Jody. So I think they're going to use him more to try to get the ball out quickly uh, to the running backs in space. Um, they don't want him to get hurt, so I think they're going to let him throw the ball more than run the ball. But, you know, his ability to take off when a play breaks down is what makes him so dangerous. Um, you don't necessarily want to scheme, you know, 10 running plays a game for Jalen Hurts, but he could run the ball 10 times because there may be five of those times he's just breaking the pocket uh, and creating in the open field with his legs. So that's what I think makes him so dangerous on top of having a better arm than Jamal Jackson. Or Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry. Okay, Ed, uh, I think if, you know, I'm going to go a different route with you, with Benny Serrato, and, and Jody mentioned we talked to him yesterday. What He had some great stories about working for Daniel Snyder. Two, two o'clock calls in the morning, <laughs> getting woken up at all times. You know, very hands-on, walking into the draft room saying, no, we're taking this guy. We got an owner that does some things uh, that that – you know, gives his opinion. 
Let's say Jalen Hurts turns into Lamar Jackson. I think that would be a success. I mean, that's an MVP player. And let's say, I've been saying this, Kansas City's talking about 20-0. and 0. That's what Patrick Mahomes is talking about. So let's say the Chiefs roll into Philadelphia early October. Upset of the season. The Eagles beat the mighty Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. But they do it with Jalen Hurts' legs. They do it with Miles Sanders running the football. Is Jeffrey Lurie in the locker room after upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs saying, hey, Nick Sirianni, why aren't we throwing the football? <laughs> well, I, I, I think Lurie just wants to win. I, you know, I don't know if that's true. Uh, well, I would hope that's true. Um, but, you know, he, he does make the pass Green the ball. Bay, he, the Eagles upset Green Bay, and he's asking Doug Peterson, why aren't we throwing the football? They won that with the running game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. They upset Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and he's complaining. Is he going to complain if they don't win the right way? Well, I, I didn't hear him complain after they beat the Saints last year in Hertz's first start when Hertz put up 106 yards on the ground and Sanders ran for 115. And, you know, the Saints came into town with the number one seed in the playoffs, uh, you know, already not secured, but they were the number one team in the NFC when they entered Philadelphia. I don't, I don't think Lurie complained then, but I get what you're saying. I mean, he wants to throw the ball. But I think he wants to win, too. And whatever winning looks like is what it's going to look like. You know, it's, it's interesting that last Friday before the Eagles went on break, June 4th, um, and you probably noticed this, John. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie was kind of standing on just over the uh, out-of-bounds line all by himself with his hands kind of down to his side or on his hips, just surveying everything. I mean, he really stood out in a prominent way, in my opinion. And I was thinking, you know, these, these players and these coaches – their boss is right there. They see him. This is his team. And that, to me, looked like the general looking over the troops to me. And I had never seen – I know he goes to practices and this and that, but I don't think I've ever seen him as prominently featured, kind of standing by himself right there, right on the field, looking at everything. I don't ever remember seeing that. So, yeah, his hand is all over this. But I think, listen, if he wants to complain after a win that they ran the ball too much – you know, that's the wrong priority. To me, it's win win whatever you can – however you can win, win. Just win. Only Doug knows for sure yeah, exactly maybe he just how. hates Doug. Maybe he just hates Doug. Gonna, maybe it's just a Doug-centric thing, the moral of this story. Because he's complaining – he complained after the Super Bowl because Jim Schwartz gave up too much yardage. He won the Super Bowl and complained about how they won the game, Ed Kratz. <laughs> Well, you know, listen, he can complain all he wants, I guess. It's his team. But if he's winning, I don't know what he's complaining about. Come on, enjoy the victory and enjoy the Super Bowl, for heaven's sakes. Yes. Eddie, we've talked a lot about the tight end position with Zach Ertz and the like. I think the wide receiver position is just as fascinating. No malcontents, discontents at that position. No real veterans at that position either. My guy, Greg Ward, has got the most uh, resume to him, and he's still a young guy who hasn't accomplished all that much in the National Football League. As young as they are, how is this wide receiver group going to break up? We know Devonta Smith is going to be number one. We know Jalen Rager, although he didn't earn it last year, will be number two because of his draft status. 
how will they go about determining in camp competition when it actually gets underway? How are they going to put uh, these guys to the test and decide who does and doesn't make the roster, who does and doesn't get the chance to get on the field on Sundays during the year? Well, I think it's going to come to who has ever been in their playbook over this downtime that they're having right now, because I think they want each of these receivers to be able to line up at any of the spots, whether it's X, Y, Z. If you're you're not just going to want to be an outside guy in this offense, you need to know how to play inside as well. And I, I think whoever demonstrates the ability to go inside and outside and know this offense the way uh, Sirianni and Steichen and Petula want to run it, is going to be the receivers that are going to play. Obviously, Smith can run any route from any position. He, he's a lock, obviously, number 10 pick. But I think with your fringe guys, guys like Ortega Whiteside and Quez Watkins and Giant Hightower, um, you know, they're going to have to show the ability to do more than just line up outside or inside. They're going to have to show the flexibility and the knowledge to be able to do that and do that effectively. That's going to kind of be, in my opinion, what separates – um, you making this team and you not making this team. And it's going to be tough because they, you know, Smith obviously is a lock. Rager's a lock. Greg Ward's a lock. Um, you know, after that, who do you have? I mean, I think Travis Fulgham has a very, very good chance of making this team. And then that's four guys. How many receivers are you keeping? Five or six? Uh, however many you keep or don't keep is going to impact the running back room, which is also very crowded. Um, but Staying with the receivers, if you have Fulgham, Rager, Smith, and Ward as your four guys, you have Ortega, Whiteside, Watkins, Hightower battling to be that probable fifth guy to keep. And I think what's going to separate them is their knowledge of the offense and their ability to go inside and out effectively. And I would add special teams. you got to be able to contribute on special teams if you're going to be that deep on the roster. I do want to – Last one for me, Eddie, before we let you go, I want to shift to the defensive side of the football because the most obvious need on this team, there's a lot of them, but the most obvious one remains cornerback um, outside Darius Slade. We know Avante Maddox is going to be on the field somewhere. We just don't know where. It could even be safety. could be slot corner. could be outside corner. could be both. Um, Right now, Default setting. Last time we were there, Ed, was Darius Slay and Avante Maddox on the outside. And then when 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 they went into the nickel, Avante kicked inside, and Michael Jaquette claim it came in to play outside corner. Is that even feasible? Is that fair to Jonathan Gannon to say, hey Jonathan, hey, you got this job, great job. Now go Make chicken salad out of you know what? <laughs> well, I mean, what are his options? I mean, you know, look down the list. I think they're just trying, guys. I mean, Michael Jaquette's got the first crack at it. Played a little bit last year. Had the one good game when he came in, but then really got torched. I think it was against Dallas. Uh, they just kept beating him up um, with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Oh, that uh, was ugly. Yeah, that was it, ugly. And it was very ugly. Um, so, but your options are very limited there. Uh, you know, Josiah Taylor, Shaquille, or I'm sorry, Shaquille, Shaquille Taylor, Josiah Scott, um, you know, Grayland Arnold, is he a corner? Is he a safety? I mean, they, they're, they're pretty uh, limited yeah. in their options. So they're just trying guys. And that's, that's going to be, you know, we're all going to look at the left tackle spot once training 
can't pitch, but you know, we really got to pay attention, obviously, to that cornerback two spot. Who are they running in and out? What are they doing? Uh, how are they mixing and matching once they go into that nickel and dime defense? Um, it's going to be a lot of moving parts, I think, at that second corner. And I guess the good news is, looking at 2022, when the Eagles have a lot of early draft capital, that that's supposed to be a very good defensive class uh, in 2022. Uh, that Stingley, I think uh, Daryl Stingley's son is playing at LSU, yeah. and I think he's the top one of the top corners in the draft. So, um, you know, the good news is, is if they can't figure this out and that becomes a real liability, uh, which I think it has a chance to become, then there's always next year. <laughs> All right. Now I will show uh, already. <laughs> I will show good manners as a host. You must take care of your guests. So, Ed, I'm going to give you the uh, first claim here uh, for Avante Maddox this upcoming season. He could play any one of three positions. Outside corner, slot corner, or safety, as John McMullen mentioned. I would say the one, would you guys agree with me, the one he's least likely play most snaps at would be safety. Would Would you guys agree with that? Out of the three positions, safety, least likely? Yeah, only, only early in the season. Remember, I don't know if Rodney McLeod's going to be there week one. So that's why later in the season when Rodney's healthy, yeah, he's not playing safety. Okay. I'll um, take then I'll take safety for the most snaps this year for uh Avante Maddox on defense this year. I'll take safety as the position because I'm a good host that I'm gonna give Ed Kratz the other two choices to choose from. Which does he play more, Ed, inside or outside Avante Maddox at corner this year? Safety's a good pick there, Jody. You like I, it? I, you want, if you want to take safety, I'll give you safety. I I'm was just gonna... doing it to be a good host. If you want to take <laughs> safety, I'll give you safety. I'll take one of the two quarterback positions. I, no, I think that's where his future lies at safety. I don't know if it'll necessarily be this year, but again, okay. he's another guy that needs to have a contract redone. So, um, but but I think he'll get his most snaps. And if there was a drum roll, I would ask for the drum roll. Avante's Maddox's most snaps will come as an outside cornerback. Wow. Outside. So, Johnny Mack, are you cool with taking uh Yeah, I'm cool with corner? slot because I think he's going to start outside, but then he's going to move inside in the nickel, and you play nickel more than you play 4-3 base. So, I like my odds. Okay. So, here's mm -hmm. a uh, task we need to put on the producer of this show, Xander. It's going to be Xander's job each week during the season to break down the uh, positional uh, snaps. Bravante Maddox, how many plays in the corner, outside, how many plays in the slot, and uh, every once in a while, safety. On the weeks that he plays safety, I think I'll get a lot, but I think there'll be a whole bunch of weeks where I get zero with him playing safety. <laughs> yeah, uh, you might, you, you might take the, you might have an early lead on that, Jody. Uh, hey, hey, yeah, sometimes you, you set a slow pace, you get out front. <laughs> you're you're going to be goes you know all what? the way around. You know what, Jody? You're going to be you're going to be the Sixers. You're going to be up by thirty. But you know, at the end, you're losing. You're losing, baby. That's not good. All right, Ed Kratz, Ooh. it's always a pleasure. Appreciate coming on. I'll I'll make a call to see if they've started construction on your statue over there at Westchester. Um, <laughs> I'd appreciate I, that. I think it may be next month they're going to start construction. On okay, it. listen, I'm, I'll I'll take the hat as a consolation prize if you can waggle that, Jody. <laughs> Done deal. Eddie, thanks, bud. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ed. Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated, Johnny Max running mate. Here with us on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. 
decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Football Friday here on Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We got an hour to close out the week with you. Uh, coming up in about 20 minutes from now, we will have another good, close, personal friend of the show. Uh, uh, who's our uh, buddy with the Birds and Friends podcast there? Johnny Mac. Uh, you talking about there? Bo Wolf? Uh, Bo Wolf with uh, Birds and Friends. We have the Birds 365 and Friends show every once in a while. Ed Kratz is certainly one of those. Yeah. We tap in Ed uh, often enough. And yes, we do like to talk to our buddy uh, Barrett Brooks uh, from, of course, the middle here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, but also I see his smiling face on NBC Sports when I turn on my morning update every morning when I get on uh, with his updated Eagles insights and or stances. Uh, so we'll let Barrett uh, share some of those with us coming up about 20 minutes from now. Speaking of coming up, we got an Eagles football season, which is exactly how many days away? Many days? Johnny? I, I, I've already forgotten, Jody. Oh, uh, Zach Ertz days away, 86. That, that would be 86 days away. Exactly right. Um, Opening day, no questions asked. The return of football, and they're not opening up here 86 days from now. They'll be in Atlanta. But when they open up their home season, it's going to be a sellout. The, the place is going yeah, to be packed. Think? Yes, no questions asked. Uh, Birds football start. Uh, don't know what kind of team they're going to have. Everybody will be uh, tremendously optimistic. Why? Because you can be when the season just gets underway. By the time we get to November, we might find out that the Bird say I think one of the positives is the NFC East is going to be close to the NFC least again. So I don't know that the birds will be eliminated from playoff competition by the end of November. But December could get a little dicey. Uh, we may already be looking at to uh, what what pick are we looking at in the draft by this point? According um, to all the experts, top ten, Jody. I, Every single one of them. You, you, and you and I are slightly more optimistic with uh, eight wins for the Eagles out of 17 games this year, not 16. Eight is not above 500, it's below 500, because that would make eight and nine. But we're on the optimistic side of it. What if you and I are wrong and the rest of the world is right? And the Eagles are looking at a top 10, eight, ugh, six ugh. pick. Ugh. Will the Eagles game still be sold out? like it is the norm because we are coming we are coming back from covid john it's just going to continue to get better it doesn't matter they're going to sell every single ticket huh yeah i mean well there's two different things jody i mean they're going to sell they always sell every single ticket now if you're bad there's a lot of people who might not show up on a cold night in december but those tickets uh will be sold so from a business standpoint yeah, they're going to lose concessions, parking, all that kind of stuff. But the tickets are sold. I mean, that's not going to be an issue. The issue is 
are people going to give up on this team? Does apathy set in? And I don't think so. Number one, because we all know this show exists because of the passion of the Eagles fans, number one. Number two, I think it just ships. I think, you know, one of the things about sports fans that define sports fans, and you'll see it tonight, Sixers fans will be fired up tonight, even though they've been devastated over the past two games. They're going to show up until it's over. And Eagles fans are even more passionate, and they'll just ship from, you know, okay, we think Jalen Hurts is the guy to top 10 pick. Okay, who's it going to be? Sam Howell, who's it going to be? Is it is going to be Keaton Slovis? Who's it going to be? Spencer is it going to be, you know, Spencer Rattler we had talking about him earlier this week? That's what will happen, Jody. I fear you're right. Um, I'm hoping that it's more in the moment, in the season. But, yes, there is the possibility uh, that we turn the page, which is an interesting way to look at this season because you always believe this is year we're going to do things. We're going to be above five. We're going to get the playoff game at home. going to get going. And then the season plays itself out. But part of, and I think even from the early season, we're going to be looking at not only 2021, but 22 and 23 and the future years, and it needs to look better. Let's put it that way, because as I was just checking out the Eagle roster today to check out a couple of things, I realized last year's draft, Johnny Mack, as it sits on paper right now, is really pretty bad. Um, (laughs) The saving grace could very well be the fact that was probably the most maligned pick in the draft as it was coming down, and that would be Jalen Hurts as a second-round quarterback, which people, yourself included, didn't understand. And why would they do that to Carson Wentz? And I thought, well, well Carson Wentz, come on, he's a starting quarterback. He doesn't. What does it matter to him who the second-round mm. pick is? Come on, they got him a wide receiver in the first round. He needs Rager plus? Come on, quit whining, Carson. But that's exactly how it played out. Um, how bad was that draft? Let me go quickly through it last year's draft. Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts. Davion Taylor, how much he contributed this past year, John? Rookie uh, Davion Taylor's contribution barely, was. Barely anything. And yeah. by the way, they knew that coming in because he was so raw uh, coming out of college, barely played in high school, seventh day at Venice. We, we've all told the story. Wasn't allowed to play high school football. So they knew he was raw but very athletic. He was a developmental type, so you can argue about it. I, I've already started saying, you know what? I want to throw Davion Taylor into the deep end of the pool and see if he can play. If he can't, great, move on. If he can play, he's so athletic, he could be an upgrade over the Eric Wilsons of the world, the Alex Singletons of the world. We'll see how that one shakes out. But, for, uh, and but it last year, ex- nothing. Last year, nothing. It may have been expected, but it was a zippity doo not much more than that from Kavon Wallace, correct? No. Kavon was not effective when he did play. And this is what I'm talking about. We're, I've mentioned this before as well, Jody. Fourth-round pick, everybody's acting like, oh, we'll just throw Zach McPherson out there and he'll play corner. Well, look at your fourth-round pick last year at safety. How'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all thought he was going to be a star. Production like this. Uh, Jake Driscoll actually probably contributed more than maybe anybody in the the draft. And that you talk about a project and a 
down-the-road type player, a development type player. That's what they penciled Jake Driscoll in for when they uh, drafted him. But because of injuries and uh, situations, he actually ended up playing more than almost anybody else who got drafted last year. Yeah, Jack, and obviously because of injuries, uh, he had to play with sports in the lineup. But Jeff Stoutland loves him. I think he was really uh, pleasantly surprised on how he kind of fought through it uh, and how, you know, he wasn't great at times. Let's not uh, be over overly optimistic. He had some really big issues as well. And by the way, he ended up getting banged up. But I can tell you, Jeff Stoutland really, really likes him. Uh, and, yeah, I would say that – is a big positive, certainly in the fourth round. Understood. Uh, the two wide receivers, Hightower first, Quez Watkins after, even though you ask me who actually flats a little bit more is more Quez than it was Hightower uh, and Sean Bradley in between them. I remember on draft night, I thought that that was a stone cold steal. And maybe I let my temple colors bleed through looking at it through owl, owl colored glasses. Cause I'm a fan. Cause my daughter's an alum. Um, but I had like Ricky Saratella, who I trust with grading college players going forward. He really was high on Bradley, thought he was going to go higher than he did. I thought they had a steal. They never really gave him much of a chance. He played some, but not a whole heck of a lot. The sports defense still de-emphasizing linebacker. Will this new defense give Sean Bradley more of a chance, you think, this year, Josh? Uh, look, Eric Wilson's going to play. And I wrote about this at, at Sports Illustrated. They're going to play a four-two-five most of the time. So they're going to be a nickel most of the time. There's going to be two so-called three-down linebackers. You know Wilson's going to be one of them. When they are in 4-3, you know kind of T.J. Edwards is going to be the Mike, but you're not in 4-3 a lot, so he's not going to play a lot. So you're looking for that second sort of three-down linebacker. Alex Singleton would be the obvious choice. And then Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley. Look, if they outplay him, all we talk about is competition. They should be out there. If you look at what Jonathan Gannon had in Indianapolis and in Minnesota, if you look Nick Rollis in Minnesota, uh, Darius Leonard, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, they like athletic linebackers. That defines Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley. In theory, they should have a chance to compete. In theory. But you're not sure theory's going to play. No. I think Alex Singleton's going to be the star. Right, we shall see that. And uh, I don't want to uh, turn my nose up at the uh, last couple of draft picks. Uh, the Prince. who did, did the Prince land? Kansas City, baby. Did he City, sign baby. out with somebody else? Andy Reid picked him up off yeah. the scrap heap? Kansas City. Good. I, I was psyched up about that draft pick. Uh, a lot of people had Prince Tega Wanaho as a potential second or third round pick, and he had some knee injuries. He was the more hard, highly regarded Auburn tackle than Jack Driscoll. Right. And they managed to get Prince later in the draft because of that knee injury. Uh, so I was a little fired up about that pick, and it just went nowhere and Casey Tuhill Tuhill as well uh Washington picked up Casey Tuhill on waivers he's still down there but look six seventh round picks you're just taking flyers that doesn't concern me much at all Rager Hertz uh, Taylor Wallace Driscoll Hightower Bradley Watkins 
Prince and who've already moved on to greener pastures elsewhere. That draft stinks, John. That, uh, that's way not- too early. Way too early. I mean, we always talk about it's three years, the conventional wisdom before. I can tell you right now, well, Jody, right off the bat, if Jalen Hurts develops into what you and, and, and some optimistic people think he is, this draft is a rousing success. Oh, rousing. I, I didn't say stinks forever. Yeah. I said stinks today. Because you're right, to have a complete 100% picture, you got to wait minimum of five years, sometimes more than that. But I'm sorry, there are snapshots along the way. And you can look at it at any point and say, yeah, but, and we need to continue to evaluate, evaluate. One year in, snapshot look, that draft stinks. Yeah, immediacy, it did not give you help. and Jalen Rager was bad. When he was healthy, he was bad. You know, people point to the injuries, and that's legitimate because he did get hurt on, on two different occasions. But he wasn't good when he did play, and he was healthy. So that's a concern. And it's even magnified more by the guy picked behind him that we talk about ad nauseum. who turned into one of the best rookie receivers ever. <laughs> 1,400 receiving yards right behind you. So that's going to be a bugaboo. And it's already a bugaboo with Jalen Rager because people never stop asking about, about it, which is not fair. We we mentioned the Hurts pick. Look, early on, Jody, you, you can kill Carson Wentz, but it turned out to be true. I, I think you should kill Car- Carson Wentz. I think he should have fought through it. I think he should have been mentally tougher. Uh, but as we all see, and this will be my second uh, shout at the Sixers, not everybody's mentally tough. Uh, you see it all the time. It was a bad decision. Now we'll see if they can turn it around and turn it into a good decision. And then Davion Taylor, because all I care about is those premium picks, the first three rounds. Those guys got to play. Those guys got to develop into at least, you know, when you start talking about third round picks, you just want starters. They got to be competent starters. You got to hit on those premium picks. Right now, as we stand today, after one year, Jalen Rager was a failure. Davion Taylor was a failure. And Jalen Hurts was a, a failure because of other circumstances, because of what it did to the team and what it did to the fact that Jeffrey Lurie had to eat. $34 million. That's why that's a failure. Not because of the player, Pamela Hurts. Not because of the player, because of what it did to the team. And that is, you're right. After 12 months, it's a bad draft. Right. But now, you get to regrade. To you yes. get the chance to improve. You get the yes. chance to upgrade your grade. But at this point, it's damn close to an F, which lends me to my question. One of the, oh, it was the first press conference they had with Nick Sirianni. He was asked, possibly, quite possibly, by John McMullen, um, do you have control of the 53? Which, you know, I know. <laughs> Most Eagle fans know exactly what you mean when you ask that question. That means the 53-man roster on game day. And the new coach's response was what, John? I don't know. <laughs> he didn't I, know. He I didn't don't know. know. Which that was... 
That was maybe the most fear-inspiring uh, quote that the coach put forward for which, me. Which, by the way, Jody, is an answer. It's not a clear answer, but it is an answer. And I can tell you, he does not. He does not. And when you don't know, you don't have it. That that was my thoughts immediately as well. Which means, is Howie Roseman just going to decide what is best for this football team on a week-in, week-out basis because he's going to give his coach the best roster to try and win that football game that week against that opponent? Or is he going to put together a roster so that guys who are yet to be determined, like John McMullen said, you can't judge a draft after just one year. you got to wait years for that. Will those type of players that were drafted by Howie Roseman be given a special preference when the 53-man roster is, yeah, debated, right, Howie decides, uh, decided on a week-in, week-out basis? Uh, no. One, one of the differences, one of the problems with coaches versus GMs is GMs have to think about more than immediacy, and coaches are always thinking about the next opponent and trying to win that game. Uh, so there are times, and we see it all the time with especially veteran coaches. This is one of the legit criticisms of, of Jim Schwartz, who you know I, I love as a coach. But I will be the first to admit, like, he's going to default to a veteran every single time. He just is. He doesn't trust young guys, understandably so. He calls it startup cost, and they can be ugly at times. On the other hand, the GM's got to think about more than – this week, he's got to think years down the line in some occasions. And sometimes if, if you have a Davion Taylor and you made the decision to draft him, well, you better figure out at some point if a kid can play. And, you know, if he's not active, he can't play. And then those two knuckleheads on Bird 365 are going to point out, where did they draft him and he can't even get dressed on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That- that will be part of the decision-making process this upcoming year. All right, we've decided to add to the mix. Coming up next segment, we will bring on one of the uh, Birds 365 and friends. Our boy uh, Barrett Brooks joins us next here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest... Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. 
It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Football Friday here on Birds well, 365. The Mega Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Joined by a gentleman with a well-coiffed beard. I got to tell you, folks, <laughs> while we were sitting here waiting, Barrett was working overtime <laughs> on that beard. He's trying to make sure it doesn't get as white as the McDonald and McMullen beards, so he tried to comb out all the grays. How are you, you Mr. Brooks? I'm good. I'm good. You got to get what they come to see, man. You know, it's just not just – you can't just hear me. You know, you have to be visual also. But, yeah. What's going on, fellas? How are you, Barrett? Good to see you, buddy. I, I could uh, complain, but I'm not. So let, yeah, nobody would there. listen anyway. Yeah. You know how that works. <laughs> uh, I do want to ask you because a couple things. We were just talking about the Eagles draft last year, and obviously there's a big basketball game coming up later today. I I want to ask you from a player's perspective because we've gone through this at Philadelphia too much. We're seeing it with the Sixers. We saw it with Carson Wentz. You ever play with a guy who just had tremendous talent and for whatever reason uh, lost it kind of it lost his confidence, lost it from a mental perspective, didn't trust himself from from a from an athlete who can't play at a high level from guys like us. It just doesn't compute. How, how quickly can you lose confidence? It, it happens all the time. Um, you could actually break a guy's spirit and, and and break his will to want to play. I've seen guys like that happen all the time, you know. And I thought for a minute there that that Jajaw, you know, Jajaw, I think a white side went through the same thing last year, but then it comes back this year and, and um, you know, playing, you know, later on in the season and he played the same way. So I mean, he he might have just been crushed or he just doesn't have it to play in the NFL. But you know, I saw in camp his rookie year, I thought he was doing some great things. But you know, after that that Detroit game where he should have caught it. It was a very catchable ball. He didn't catch it. And Detroit, I think he took that to heart too much. 
And now he's a, he was at a point, you know, where he just didn't trust himself. I see a lot of guys like that that, I mean, the best athletes in the world and just lose it all from just not having the confidence, you know, or having somebody just beat it out of them. Um, you know, I've had, I had a couple of coaches that coached the same way. I mean, they were just on a guy so much, so much. I took to a different. As long as the coach is yelling at me, I feel as though he still cares. Once he stops yelling at me, now I'm concerned. Now I think he doesn't want me anymore. But I've seen guys just going to a shell and can't play and can't hit a lick just because they were coached too hard. And I mean, I, I I see it a little bit with Ben as far as his free throws. It didn't he didn't he didn't even look like he was really attempting to throw it, just like he was just throwing it up. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't understand that sometimes because if a coach is yelling at me, that means he cares enough to say something to me. If you don't say anything to me, it shows me you don't care about me. So as a player, you take that to heart. You're like, all right, then. Well, I guess I lost this coach. And you know, a coach can take you anywhere you go. I've had coaches take me where they've went just by doing it. So you have to make sure that, you know, you understand the method in which this guy's trying to get the point across and, you know, don't take it to heart and, and lose everything who you are, what got you there in the first place. As I lend my opinion, which is well on record is of a non-professional athlete, unlike Barrett Brooks, who actually was one. And um, knowing that there's a good chance that next time Barrett sees me, he may pancake me for saying this. Uh, <laughs> As an offensive lineman, I would think that position, maybe more than any, is one that it's just uh, mental repetitions. That you go out and do it. You got it's so physical, such physicalness is necessity to be able to be good at the position that you played. I would think that it's less of a mental strain than other positions. You uh, tapped into J Jaw, yeah, wide receiver, concentration the confidence you need to go up and get that 50-50 ball. Yeah, oh, I can see where if you start to lose it, that you could become a non-factor like that. Is that fair to say that there are some positions, and quarterback certainly is another one, um, that more so lend themselves to, damn, you have to have confidence, you have to have insight. It's as much between the years uh, as anything else as compared to someone who played in the trenches like yourself. No question. I think that the the two, well, the three, the three positions, well, three to four positions that that you know you have to have that type of confidence is a wide receiver, defensive back, and quarterback. Those are the three positions that you have to concentrate on. You have to understand where you're supposed to be at, how you're supposed to catch it, how you're supposed to throw it. Um, be in position to make a play if you're a D back. Those are the positions that you have to have confidence in yourself, and you know. Once you, you know, once you start doubting yourself and that little little hint of doubt can take your game all the way down. You can't have, it, especially the quarterback position. I mean, you're out there, you have to read the play. Number one, that you know, the, the the amount of information that these guys have to go through for just one play is is crazy. You know, first you go through the practice, you know, you practice everything, they give you all the information, you have all the information in your head. Then you get there on game day. So then they say, you know, they they call the play in your head. While you're listening. They're calling the play in your head. You're thinking about art to play, but you then you have to regurgitate it to the guys in the huddle. When you get regurgitated to the guys in the huddle, then you go to the line. But you also have to give it a snap count. Also, what what you know is it on two? Is it on three? Um, you know what what what's the snap count is? You have to find the mics. So you can set the protection. You have to watch the safeties. See what the quarterbacks are doing. The pre-read, and then once the ball is snapped, all that information just gets focused into one play. And you have to decipher, all right, is the ball going to go here? Is the ball going to go there? Is the ball going to go here? 
I mean, that's crazy, you know, the amount of information that you have to process as a quarterback just to run one play. The footwork it takes. Is it a three-step mm-hmm. drop, five-step drop, seven-step drop? Um, is it, you know, is it, you know, if, if it's cover three, you know, cover three, you're trying to get to the numbers. You try to get to the, you know, to, to the sidewalk, man, where you can get the ball there. You got to beat certain defenses with, with certain passes. And it's just, man, it's, it's crazy how much information it goes through. That's why the quarterback position is one of those positions that you have to make sure that you on your, you own your game all the time. So I can see how Carson <laughs> even lost his way of, you know, his lost his way in the offense, lost his way on this team because there was so many, other deciding factors that he was worrying about as opposed to being on a football field. All right, Barry. Well, we talked naturally. I'm going to go to a guy who didn't play quarterback, didn't play wide receiver, didn't play defensive back, and seemed to lose his confidence on the offensive line, and that's Andre Dillard. And uh, I'm sure you've seen the Zooms, and they are what they are, but he's talking a good game. He's He, he told me he got stronger. He's a lot stronger than he was. Are you buying it? I'm from the show me state. You got to show me, man. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, man. I'm from the show me state. You got to show me better. You could tell me, man. And at this point, I mean, he has some healthy competition against him now. There, you know, Jordan Malata stands to make a whole lot of money if he can fight this guy off and, and retain the left tackle position. This is a contract gear for him. He's six foot eight, 370 pounds, great athlete. And he found a mean streak in him last year. I thought he found it in the Dallas game where he started just taking control of, of, of his of his game in that game. So, you know, he not only found that, all right, I can hurt people, but I can play this position, and I'm confident now that I can be well at it. At this point, Dillard, Dillard has a lot to work out within himself. I mean, I just play around. I say, hey, he's got to go see the Wizard. I mean, that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's a notion, all right, it's either fight or fly, one of the two. Either you go fight or you're going to fly. You're going to get out of there. And at this point, you know, he has to figure out what he wants to do. This is a tough game. This is a tough man's sport. You can't go in with a laissez-faire attitude and think that you're going to be successful. He has to go out there and fight. And if he doesn't start early and his confidence, you know, just flickers a little bit, this could be over for this young man. You know, he just might not have it. This might not be the place in which he can turn it around to be the player that they thought that they were going to get in the first round. He has a lot that he has to go out and work out within himself. What you're saying, it means a lot. Yeah, I, I want to see it. I want to go. I want to go out there and fight. You know, I mean, if he's good, if, he, if if he's in a mindset that he's ready to go out there and fight, he could be really good because he has great technique. He's a great technician, and if he's gotten stronger, he might be able to go out there and play at a high level. But he has to be tough while he's doing it. And I don't know if he's past that uh, bridge yet. Has he crossed that bridge? I don't know. We'll see. All right, Barrett, let's back it up 26 years, which is easy for us to do here on Birds 365. Not so easy for everybody else. Uh, your rookie season in the National Football League, when you become a Philadelphia Eagle for the first time, um, you show up, rookie minicamp, the offseason activities, and then you are in the time that we're in right now, the dime, downtime. You know what the report date is for camp. You have several weeks between when you get your last uh, summer workout in before camp is going to actually open up. 
did you take any advice from anybody as to here's what you can do with those several weeks? Go have a vacation. Go spend quality time with your woman because you ain't going to do it during the season. Go home and see your family because, yeah, that's another group you're going to be blowing off. Uh, get your you-know-what to the gym because you want to stick in this league, buddy. It's three sixty-five a year. Did anyone give you any insight to how you could best spend that time your rookie year, and how did you spend it? Well, you know what? I had two great guys to help me out during that time. Well, I mean, it was a bunch of guys in my in my, um, in my meeting room. I had Guy McIntyre, who was one of the um, one of the you know forty ers you know that that played for you know countless years. I mean, a great, great, great guard in Guy McIntyre. Uh, he was on that San Fran team where you know they won them championships. Really, really good guy. He helped me out, and then I had Rylan McKenzie, one of original Hogs. Both of those guys told me, hey, look, we, we have expectations of you. You're going to be the starting left tackle. They brought me in really to play guard. But, you know, I don't know if you remember, Bernard Williams had uh, tested positive for, for weed at the time, and he got kicked off the team. So they <laughs> had to move. Bernard did back. that a couple wow. times, didn't right. he? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I had to make the transition. I was already a left tackle, but then they made, you know, I thought I was going to play guard going into the, um, yeah, they told me I was going to play guard. So I had to get the mindset here. I'm about to play left tackle. I'm about to go against the Reggie Whites. Uh, you know, Leslie O'Neill's, you know, guys like that, you know, Patrick Swillings of the world. So I had to, you know, have a whole different mindset on how I approached the game. So I was definitely ready. I stayed, I stayed in, in, um, in Philadelphia. They told me, look, you're not going anywhere. The expectation is you're going to be starting. You got to stay right here. You stay here with us. So I stayed for, um, for the most, for the major part of the summer before I had to go to camp. Cause number one, I had to be in shape cause I knew I was going to play. And number two, I took every single rep in the preseason. Every single rep during uh, during camp, I took all the reps, so I had to be in shape going into this season. I mean, they didn't get they didn't allow me a, a minute to sleep, man. I mean, it was it was crazy. And plus, you know, I had a guy like you know Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes called you everything but a child of God, but he meant it in a in a in a kind way. But it wasn't kind when he was saying it, you know. So you had to have th- <laughs> thick skin, you know, playing on the team yeah. I played on, man. Thick skin, you know, Riley McKenzie. He, he made sure that, you know, he, he he didn't sugarcoat anything and, you know, got back and tired of him either. So I had to make sure that I was ready to play and ready to fight and, and go out there and play because I started as a rookie. So how positive – we were talking to Baldy the other day, Ed Kratz and I. Um, he, he had mentioned uh, about Jalen Hurts that he loves hard coaching, loves it. I've heard that from other people as well. You just brought up the hard coaching aspect of – if a coach is yelling at you, that's a good thing because that means he cares. Uh, if he gives up, if he becomes apathetic, not necessarily a good thing. So from a player's perspective, when you hear a quarterback really not only is okay with hard coaching, he wants it. How, how much of is that a positive for Jalen Hurts? I think it's a positive for him because he understands that they want him to play to the to the maximum of what he can do as a player. And the only way he can reach that maximum is by listening to what the coaches have to give him. You got to be able to download that information and, and internalize that information that he's given. And, you know, I mean, if you have a guy, come on, come on, you got to work. Come on. You, know, you don't have to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Just tell me what you need me to do and I'm going to go out there and do it. And I think Jalen's one of those guys, you know, let me know what I'm doing wrong. I want to know what I'm doing wrong, you know. All right, you know, I did this right. I don't really need to hear that I did it right, but I want to know what I was doing and how can I get better. That's one of the three things that this coaching staff has to make sure that they, you know, do for these, this this new team. They have to, number one, make sure 
that they keep it 100 with these players. They have to, especially the veteran players. Keep it 100. You know, this is a young coaching staff. You know, Sirianni's 40 years old. The special teams coach, Clay, he's 20, 28, 29 years old. You know, these are young, young guys. So in order that, they got to gain respect. So they have to keep it 100 with them. Number two, they have to make sure that they can make them better. If these young guys can make these older guys better, make these teams, um, make the guys that are playing better, then they'll ride with them. They'll follow them. So keep 100 and make sure that you can coach them and make them better as a player. But also, you got to make sure that, you know, during this process that, you know, these guys just really get along, that you're not BSing them. You have to make sure of that, man, because they can smell BS from a mile away. They can, they can see false, false uh, enthusiasm from a mile away. If you are who you are, they'll see it. And if they if they want to follow you, they're going to follow you. But you have to make sure that you can get them better, keep it 100 with them, and make sure that you know, you're the type of coach you know, they can come to and be like, hey, this is what's going on, coach. So if they can do that, they can go on. But Jalen, he's one of those guys. He, he wants to be coached and dri- driven in a, in a certain aspect, and I like that about him. You want a guy like that. Barrett, I'm going to ask you to tap into your former player perspective again. Because the Eagles have a situation they're dealing with now, and we talk about it basically every day. At some point, Aaron Burge, 365, and that's Zach Ertz. Um, He's still under contract. The coaching staff is saying they're still talking to him. Everyone knows he'd rather be somewhere else than back here with Philadelphia, but the Eagles haven't moved him. If you're one of his teammates, you may have played the last year, two years, three years, four years with Zach Ertz. Whatever your relationship with him is, certainly varies from teammate to teammate. Can you get involved with this? Do you want to be involved with this? Do you want to talk to Zach or do you want to say, Zach, love your butt, a quick little text, hope all is well, don't text me back. Uh, I got my own you-know-what to, to worry about and business to take care of. How do you handle it if you're a teammate of Zach Hurts? We got to talk about it every day here on Birds 365, and we're just looking from the outside in. If you're actually part of the inner circle, how do you handle that? Well, you know, Zach is going to talk to who he's going to talk to anyways. You know, those guys, yeah. they're friends. You know, they're, they're, they're teammates, you know, brothers, band of brothers. So he's definitely talking to them. And it's an interesting situation because it's, it's, it's kind of like um, what you have in, in Green Bay with, with A-Rod. You know, he loves his teammates, but he just can't stand the GM. I think it's kind of the, kind of the same way here. Sirianni had nothing to do with what's going on with Zach Ertz right now. So if 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 if, if Zach decides he wants to come back and he'll be good to come back, it'll be a lot better because you know he doesn't know Sirianni in that way. And and Nick is probably trying to talk to him or bring him back because he could be a valuable asset in the offense. Um, but you know, like I said. With, with him and, and Howie Roseman, that bridge is probably burnt, but you don't have to be around Howie. You know what I'm saying? You could you could stay away from Howie, you know, but those th- that happens all the time. I mean, A-Rod went, went through it last year. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that situation. You know, he, he's, at the, he's at the same um, he's at the same mile marker that Zach Ertz is, but he just wields a little more power. And I don't think he's coming back, but I think Zach Ertz would come back because it's an interesting relationship because he doesn't really know how this coaching staff is, and he probably could get to know this coaching staff, be a valuable asset, and bet on himself, you know what I'm saying, get another contract because he played well as opposed to, you know what I'm saying, what, what happened last year. So it might it might do him well to come back and, and play this year and, and be in an offense that might be pretty good as opposed <laughs> to what he went through last year with an offense that was horrible. 
Hey, Barrett, I'm going to, you know, people hate on this show, Birds 365, when Jody and I talk about uh, the vaccination policy of the NFL, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. But from a different perspective with you, um, Cole Beasley was out there saying some things about the union. From a player's perspective, I heard it a number of times, they think the union works for the star players, not necessarily the rank and file. What do you guys? What do you guys think? For the most part, everybody's different. But, but what what is the thought process of the union when they kind of team up with the league? How is that taken uh, by the players? They definitely don't. You know, they definitely don't take into consideration a lot of the times the the guys that nickel and dime the league like I did. Yeah. You know, I didn't make a whole lot of money like most NFL players. But in fact, um, this year, Big V. And I know I was better than Big V. He made more than he made more than what I made my entire my entire uh, career in just one year. You know what I mean? And I mean, I, I could born I could, a little I'll, bit too soon. Better. Yeah, we were all born too soon, man. <laughs> exactly. You I go, go play you him now. Millennium Zero Knicks yeah. threesome. And right. We all can sing that same exact tune. Yeah. But that's what it is, man. They, you know, they 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 cater to the the stars. You know, they, people don't understand that. 80% of the money is only made by 5% of the, the players. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that means the major quarterbacks, the major defensive ends, the major left tackles, those guys get the money. So it's like 80% of that money goes to them. And then, you know, 20% of it goes to the guys that are nickel and dime in the league. So when you make decisions, you're going to make decisions where the money is. And the money always goes to the quarterback. So, I mean, if, if there was a lot of more – if there was really power in the, in the union – then they would have guaranteed con- – everybody's contract would be guaranteed, but they're not. So since they're not, that means they're not – they don't have as much power as they're trying to, you know, tell everybody. You know what I mean? We're the only major sport with with guaranteed contracts not being uh, with everyone, but only the star players get the guaranteed contracts. That's it's almost a farce, you know, that the union is really doing a lot because they're, they're really not. Once you're not. Once you're not a player anymore, it's hard to really get them to do anything for you anyway. So – um, we tend not to think that the union is helping the guys that are on the, low on the totem pole, and that's kind of you know status quo what it is uh, these days. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you here, bud. Um, you select a representative for your team, right? Absolutely. You have a vote as a team, and you select a representative, <clears throat> and then that representative is going to go and vote for you on major issues. Right. Well, if you pick the right guy. And the right guy understands that there are more have-nots than haves. Well, then they're going to take that into consideration when they take their stances on these issues. So if your guy that you represent, you voted to represent your team isn't doing your bidding, well, then you got to get on the phone with him and go, wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm talking to other guys on the team, and I'm not getting this same thing. Why would you vote this way when the majority of the team? So you got to self-check yourself. And I don't know that uh, that's not the case. And I don't know what the hell Cole Beasley is complaining about because, yeah, his guy in Buffalo, I guarantee you, voted for uh, the new implementation of the COVID protocols and the like. I, I don't get the complaint that the union isn't doing its job here. I well, think, that, but- as a matter of fact, the union is doing their job because if you didn't have a union, guess what? The NFL would mandate vaccines. You would have to take the vaccine if you wanted to play. But the only thing, but the only way that you got to understand this too, the only way for that union to wield a lot of power is to have all the players behind them. 
and the only way you can do that is if you if you if you pick it or, or you don't go you don't go in. And <clears throat> how many guys can go in and say, "All right, we're not going to play this year because we want this this and that done." Only the big name players can do it. If you're a guy like me, I might not have any money left from, you know, the small amount of money that I made over this season. So I can't just take a year off like the guys that, you know, that are that are the star players that can't take a uh, take a year off. You know, so that's the power that they will, the power to have the money in order to take a, a, a more active role in trying to pass this stuff. Because if they say, all right, well, we're going to we're going to we're going to go ahead and we're going to we're going to, you know, go against it. We're not going to play this year unless we get this, this and that. There's not a lot of players that can go and say, all right, let's do it, can sit out a whole year and not get paid a whole year. And that's the problem with when you're voting. You know, those things like that are, are, are have to be taken into consideration. All right, Barrett. They'll call your bluff. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear what you say. Back to the field because we're done uh, OTAs. Uh, so no more work on field, obviously, for the Eagles until training camp. So as you look at this team moving into August uh, when they'll get back to practice, what's your biggest concern? What is your biggest concern? My big concern is is is, is the cornerback locker room. I mean, the quarterback well, meeting room. Um, at this point, you look at this division. There are so many good receivers in the division. That's and, true. And, and we have no one to really cover them. And Big Play Slay is the only guy that we know can go out there and cover a number one. But they have a number two, a number three core, uh, wide receiver now that, you know, we have to cover. You go to Dallas. I mean, you got three good receivers. You go to you go to New York. New York has four or five good receivers now and a running back. I mean, I don't know how this quarterback is going to go, but, I mean, they they have the ability to stretch it out a little bit. Even even the Washington football team went out and got Samuels from, um, from, from um, Carolina. Carolina, yeah. So – you know, how can we cover these guys? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make some headway up front. You know, they'll be able to rush the passer. I mean, I like the, you know, the the mix that we have rushing the passer, but we don't have anybody. I'm going to go another year and get stomach ulcers on third down <laughs> the entire year because I don't know who's going to be able to cover guys outside. They're bigger, stronger, and faster out on the outside now. And, you know, who's going to step up the coverage? To wait till the fourth round to get a a, um, a cornerback is a travesty. You know, I mean, it's that's that's – that you know they're they're wrong for that. You know you you had to draft high um, to get a, a really good cornerback in order to be able to compete. You know at this point we don't have enough guys. Everybody's like five eight and above. You know five eight five nine as opposed to having a big cornerback to handle some of these big wide receivers that are in um, the division. All right, Barrett, I'm going to let you choose whether you want to uh, answer the question with Barrett Brooks 2021 or Barrett Brooks 1995. Uh, if you're walking into camp and the coaches camp competition, we're going to do some other things other than football to get our competition riled up. What is the one thing that you'd like to hear the coach say, we're going to do this where you think you could have competed with the guy McIntyre's and your other teammates in 1994, <laughs> or you could jump in and compete with the Ryan Kerrigan's today. What activity other than football? Would you want to hear your coach say, and here's what we're going to do today? And you go, damn, I can win that. Uh, you know what? Back in the day, I was a big, big fan of going one-on-ones against defensive linemen. Um, no, not but, football. You got to pick something other than football. Yeah, you can't football, do football. Tiddlywing or more rock, paper, scissors. You got to have some competition that you would kick some ass in. 
I'm talking that's about I was the DB and the, and the, yeah. he was the uh, he was the he was the wide receiver. Oh, oh, you're okay. playing you're playing yeah. DB. <laughs> yeah, he I'm really playing does DB. Love the DB. All right. <laughs> I'm playing DB. But you know, one of the games I love, man, was playing was football frisbee, man. Football frisbee yeah. was that game. You, really? You, you have a quarterback. I mean, you have a guy. Um, you're going down the field, and when you catch the ball, I mean, catch the frisbee, you can only take three steps. And then before somebody touches you, and you have to get the um, frisbee out your hand and get it down, and you have to work your way down the field without getting touched by somebody else, and you would only have three steps to do it. I mean, that was that was a great game to play because now you're right. out there running and playing DB, and, and you're going to work out of here. Barrett, I'm going to tell you who the quarterback would be, Jake Elliott, because Jake is great at everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. John, John <laughs> keeps telling us that. All right, I got a, he flips, he flips I, quarters I got a better question than us. for you. <laughs> uh, three ways you can throw the B, the basic throw, the uh, snap it off Flip, the wrist yep. throw, or the over-the-top throw. What was no, Barrett like, Brooks' favorite like throw? The, like the, you you, you just it. went regular. You gotta right. Yeah, I got to go flick it. Yeah, regular. All and, right, and, it got competitive too, man. We got really competitive too. I got to finish up with a middle question, Barrett. Obviously, uh, Aton Shander, Harry Mays, right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Eleven o'clock. Is Shander still making excuses for Ben Simmons? Has he jumped ship? No, he hasn't jumped ship yet. He he still feels as though you know I you know he brings so much more to the table than just shooting free throws. I said, yeah, well. You know, give me something else besides shooting free throws and not shooting in the game, not being aggressive, not taking it to the cup. If you take away defense, what else does he have? He's a facilitator. Okay, he wasn't facilitating a player defense in the fourth quarter. Where'd it go? You know, how can you how can you legitimize what he did in the fourth quarter? And he, you know, he continues to say that uh, you know, he brings much more to the table. And you know, you know, Harry Harry's like, get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out of here. You know what I mean. So I'm, 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 the, I'm the glass half full. I'm the voice of reason. I'm the guy as well. I mean, he has done this, has done that. But I'm tired of the excuses now. If I don't see it tonight, I'm, I'm going. I'm off on. I'm going out on a limb here and saying, Ben Simmons shoots above 32 percent from the foul line tonight. That's a good I, I over really, under number. That's a good over <laughs> number. That, that is. It's, it's yeah. what he's shooting so far in the series. 32 and change. I'm going over. I'm not I'm a man. He's, he's I'm not, not a man tonight. tonight, as you know, Jody. But four of fourteen is under thirty. Oh, I will tell you what. You know that if I if I was Ben Simmons, I'd have punched Trey in the mouth because every time he turned around, he foul, he foul him. And as soon as the ball comes out, he foul him, and he'd be yeah. like this: shoot, he's shooting, he's shooting. I'm like, oh, he would have one time to do that for me, and I'd have gave him one, a good one, man. Yeah, That's just I'm utter. That's utter and total disrespect for it. You know what, though, Barrett? We talk about confidence in players. I think that the Sixers were up two when Trey Young uh, drew the foul from the three-point line. You knew he was making those three free throws. Exactly. There was no stinking question. There's a guy with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Like him or dislike him. Yeah, I, I, I hate him, and I hate him. I hate to love him. That's what it is. I hate to <laughs> yeah, love him. Yeah, I, I will be rooting <laughs> for the Sixers tonight. I'm thinking the Sixers are going to win, but yeah, Trey Young is a guy. They better win. I'd like to see him him here in Philadelphia immediately. Man, (laughs) is he up to his game. Uh, Barrett Brooks always ups his game when he hops on with us here on Birds 365. He will keep it at that same level on the middle with uh, Harry and Aton today. Feel free to reach over and smack Aton in the head. 
if he starts saying that uh, Ben's going to shoot 85% from the line tonight. No, I'm just going over 32. I'm not getting up as high as eight. Well, he's going to bet it regardless. He's going he's gonna to find a way to bet it anyway, so we'll see. You got it. Barrett, thanks, buddy. We'll get you on again in a couple weeks, bud. All right, take it easy, guys. Thanks, Barrett. Bert. Brooks, part of the middle here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, you catch him on NBC Sports. Belly giving his Eagles insights all the time, too. I right, come back here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald will have a couple of more insights for you. Stick around. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Coming down to the home stretch of a football Friday here on Birds 365. I got a question for you, Jay Mack. Can you see Barrett Brooks playing uh, Ultimate Frisbee? 
I'll tell you what, I'm not going to go for a 50-50 bowl if I got to go up with Barrett. That's true. You could end up paying a price. Uh, I used to love to throw the B. I could throw it like this. I could throw it like that. I was actually pretty good at it and used to do it all the time in college. I actually thought it was a pretty good workout. If you got out onto a large enough field and you played with the right person, you could actually do some pretty good running and get a little exercise into it. It was fun and get a little uh, exercise as well. So I used to throw it around a lot when I was in college. Now that's Also, the greatest football halftime show is when the dog comes out to catch the frisbee. Oh, you a big dog yeah. guy? Oh, yeah. The dog and a frisbee? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I like people. Uh, I like dogs no. in general, but when it comes to frisbees, I like no, people. No, yeah, I no. I like frisbee golf, though. If you got, but, you know, you have to... You have to have a, a a significant playing space, obviously. Right, you got to have a uh, course to play on yeah. uh, frisbee golf. But I just, yeah, I want no part of playing with Barrett. He's just way too big. You want to be five too. You want to be playing people, frisbee with a five foot ten yeah. guy with yeah. his hair down his shoulders. Uh, that's the kind of guy you want to be playing frisbee with. I, is anything of consequence going to happen in the world of football over this weekend? Uh, anything of consequence. Yeah, something always happens in the NFL. I go back to Bill Parcells. I say it all the time. Four or five things happen every day in the NFL that you don't expect to happen. Something's going to happen, Jody. I can't tell you what it is, but something is going to happen. I hope you're right. I fear there's going to be absolutely nothing because as we certainly laid out with Barrett and you and I have laid out, this is the real downtime. We haven't had that much downtime they had uh mini camps voluntary yeah but we got you, that um you get you sell draft picks richie grant we talked about him with the oh that's right Leopard. will the eagles sign their last draft pick Land, Come on, Nicole, tell sign. me that's happening you keep telling me jody it's not an issue jody it's not here landon's gonna issue. sign at some point will that happen this weekend mm, probably not i said landon's in a position if you listen to me, which I don't think you do, he's in a position where he could probably wait and probably hold out, whether it's signing bonus timing, whether it's, as I said, offset money. He's probably in a position where he doesn't need the money right away, and he's going to say, hey, okay, I'll wait you out. But he's going to be here on July 27th. That I guarantee. Right. But we keep talking about uh, who the Eagles are going to invest in as far as cornerback goes. They still need another cornerback. They still need a starting corner. Well, when that person signs, they're going to take some money out of this year's upcoming cap. Once it's gone, it's not going to Landon Dickerson. Well, no, yeah, Landon Dickerson is not relevant on the cap money. Uh, it's not going to change. That's not what they're wrangling over. They know exactly what his cap number is going to be. That's the point. He's already budgeted in. But there's other stuff. We didn't even get to Robert Sala. I wanted to get to him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes talking about his toe. 85%, Jody. We didn't get to that. People love one last vaccination note. They hit the 85% number in Miami and New Orleans. Already two teams are there. Good. One Good. of those two teams is not the Philadelphia Eagles. Good for those two teams. And if 85% is the number, 
Good luck. You better get your team there. The Eagles better get there as well because, yeah, we want full participation in this upcoming season. All right, buddy boy, uh, no birthday celebration this week. You already you finished with that? Uh, somebody's got to be. Yeah, we're done with that. Uh, that I played. I rung well, that. When is your that. birthday again? June 12th. June, June 12th. 12th. Nope. It was Damo on June 11th. I was June 12th. But it's still your birthday week. We're, we're not seven June. days out yet. June 13th was Sealski. June 14th, former President Donald Trump. June 15th, Nick Sirianni. That's a powerhouse five days of birthday. It's a busy, busy week. But this is your last day of your birthday week since yeah. your birthday was last Saturday. Enjoy your last day of your birthday. Yeah. You, you don't celebrate for an entire week? You don't like celebrate. You don't celebrate at my age your birthday. I can tell you, uh, you know, nobody gave a shit about the day. They don't certainly don't give a shit about the week. Jenny. I used to celebrate the entire month of my birthday. Yeah. Oh, know? I used to use that uh, back when I was younger. Yeah. it's my birthday week. It's my birthday month. It's my leave me alone. I used to use that all the time. Now it's like Barrett says. I could complain, but who's going to listen? Johnny Mac had his birthday half hour this week, right. and hopefully you wish him a happy birthday during that half hour. Uh, I wish you a good weekend, my friend. I say we do this again next week. They're, I don't think they're going to fire us over this weekend. I think we got next week no. as a lock. What number are we on? Week? How many shows? I think we're on week 11. So quick math to that. 55 we're over 50. We got to keep we're, it we're in the 50s. 53, Xander Krause tells me. 53. That would be correct. Yes. That's no. the big countdown. 47. 47 to go to. Look at that, Matt. I end well, up on a strong note. Good job, Johnny Mac. Come back here next week on Bird 65, where you, we dazzle you with our math capabilities. And we'll probably throw some eagle information in, too, while we're at it. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here on Monday on Bird 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.